guess the foundation to that for me is that we're all made in the image of God, so we're all on equal footing. And so talking to my children about what I believe and talking to the talking to those that at work, like at a work function or whatever, I see value in them as God's children, even though they won't uh, know him right then and there. Hello and welcome. I'm Tanya Reason and this is The Gospel According to Mum, the show where we discuss the transformational work done in us by Jesus Christ as we live out motherhood and discipleship with him. In part two of this special episode, Tony and I look back at part two and three of Sharon Wood's story through the scriptures. We discuss the constant renewing of our minds towards God's life, love and joy, and the pressure to conform to the world at all cost. We look at relationships within and outside the family, and how these may be integral to realising our impact for Christ and his kingdom. Well, that brings us to the conversation that we had in, in part three of Sharon's episode, where we started to, to talk about relationships within the family and even how that translates into our relationships outside and in, in the workplace, specifically with Sharon, because Sharon felt very strongly that she has always had the heart of an evangelist. And she had some very, very interesting thoughts to share on that. But the scripture that she brought was Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And it's interesting what you were saying about being at work there because we had a bit of a conversation before and I was talking about all my bizarre jobs and that they've always come to me. You know, I've, I've gone out and applied for jobs and sometimes been successful, but known in my heart that actually it wasn't the right place. And a couple of times I've said no, which seems really foolish, but I've been glad of it afterwards because I've, I've realised that the, the weird one that came out of left field was the one I was meant to be on. I mean, it's it's distressing, isn't it, when we go through times of unemployment. But God has a plan in that too, doesn't he? Yeah. And ladder climbing. I mean, that's... <laughs> God has a plan in that also. Yeah, well, I think it's something I, I we need to grapple with is what it, what is it like to be Christ-like in, in the workforce and ladder climbing. I think if, if it evolves that way because people can see the strength in us which might I guess would be coming from from God they can see see that strength and personality in, in us that's a good thing but if if works what defines me and of I'm hustling to get that next role that doesn't seem Christ-like to me no no not for its own sake no is it yeah that's right yeah. and and um, I guess another common trap that you mentioned earlier before too was is my job what I'm getting my self-worth out of Mm. I think we really need to keep that in perspective and and getting back to what I said before about the my role in the family being the most important job bringing up my children and providing a good home uh I think should be number one priority so yeah I think that gives a good balance Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, the scripture says the renewing of your mind. I mean, that sort of implies a continuous action, doesn't it? Mm. And if you, 
if you think about how, as a, as a parent, we're being watched. Vanessa Heasley pointed this out. We're being watched 24-7. Yep. There's no way you cannot be constantly reviewing your own actions and the example you're setting when you're under that kind of scrutiny. It does make you wonder what the workplace would be like if we were under that kind of scrutiny. But you, you now as a foster dad, are you finding that you, you've had to adjust your... This, this might be a probing question, but are you finding you've had to adjust the way you behave again, having another little person's eyes on you again? Yeah, I've, I um, was just trying to recall some of the incidents while you were saying that because I know there's been multiple where um, he's just all of a sudden done something and we thought he, he had, wouldn't have even been known about that, but he's been observing everything. Right. <laughs> That's a good example. Um, I mean, he loves shoes, so he copies, he, he wants to wear shoes. If I go to put shoes on, obviously he's got to go and put his shoes on, that type All of thing. Right. But there's, there's been multiple instances like um, uh, shaving, I like, he's seen me shaving so he wants the shaver and uh, yeah. but there's been other things I wouldn't wasn't even realizing he, he was watching and he, he yeah they're watching all the time oh yeah <laughs> the big one for me with my kids is watching my eldest uh, reprimand her little sister with my voice and my <laughs> my delivery and I think gosh I'm terrible, you know. It really wises you up, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's he's repeated things like that. <laughs> yes, yeah. But uh, well, Sharon was was talking about going out into the workplace and and being ready to be ridiculed and finding it easy to talk about God because she'd taken this great advice from a pastor many years ago who said, in this life, you should be one, thoroughly practical, two, totally spiritual, and three, perfectly natural. And so if we marry that up with that Romans 12 scripture, ideally you'd be in a situation where you were being totally natural and spiritual and also at the same time not conforming to the world. Mm. How have you found it being in the workplace and being able to share your beliefs? Have, has it been... A difficult road, or well, uh, initially I I thought as a good employee I should be working hard, and I'm there to work, and that's 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 all I should be doing. But in in office jobs, anyway, it seems to be that there's this thing like team team spirit, and so it actually seems encouraged to talk sometimes and mm. not have your head at the computer screen all the time, mm. which just makes so... Like, it's just obvious we're, we're relational beings. We've talked about relationships before. Mm. But uh, beyond that, I think as a Christian, I'm, I'm obliged to tell others about the good thing that I've found, mm. love and grace, we, the gospel message that we've that's been given to us and um, what a blessing that is. And um, so, yeah, I think I need to not just be a slave to the, the deadlines. I, I, as, as my boss is telling me, I need to be build, building a team spirit and I think as part of that I can be 
talking about what's important to me and as Sharon said is being genuine and being practical and I think that's trying to share my faith at work sort of crystallises that a bit because it, it helps me think well why do I believe what I believe and how can I state that succinctly and, and, and in a in a way that's not full of jargon um, and makes sense to someone that might be seeking God. Mm. Well, that team spirit is interesting, you know, because it team spirit, I think now, it seems to require everyone to agree on what we all think. And I've been reading Dietrich Bonhoeffer's The Cost of Discipleship. I'm going to read a little bit of it. And it's, it's, it's full on. But we'll bring it back to to what we're talking about. He says this, The antithesis between the Christian life and the life of the bourgeois respectability is at an end. We're going to need to remember this is written in 1939. The Christian life comes to mean nothing more than living in the world and as the world in being no different from the world. In fact, in being prohibited from being different from the world for the sake of grace. The upshot of it all is that my only duty as a Christian is to leave the world for an hour or so on a Sunday morning and go to church to be assured that my sins are all forgiven. Mm. I mean, it <laughs> That's could, very fresh, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, but couldn't it have been written yesterday? Yeah. You know, because if you think about team spirit in the workplace, I mean, we are supposed to be in the world but not of the world. So we're necessarily going to be in conflict with some of the things that, that work teams would want us to be to be upholding. And at the same time, I think that's possibly why even, even Christians are very cagey now about sharing their beliefs because it could mean, you know, anything up to the loss of your job. And Sharon talks about being ridiculed. I, I know you've had a situation where you've been told to take even flyers down, haven't you? For yeah, um, yeah, I'm uh, have part of a prayer group that meets every week at lunchtime, and another uh, similar group that I was coordinating a few years back. Now we we just met once a month, and it was for employee, like I specifically focused on employees in the company I was working at. So I'd put flyers up in the kitchen on a few floors. Um, but after, or maybe it was a couple of months, I don't know, my manager said, uh, oh, we've had a complaint and um, we'd like you to pull them down. There was only, I think there was only two of the five that were still up anyway, but yeah, it it just made me wonder whether, whether I should be pushing back or, you know, what the best approach was, but... I just complied, you know, it's, I am in two minds, like one of the mottos, if that's the right word, at my work is bring your whole self to work, Mm -hmm. but it does feel like maybe Christianity isn't an acceptable whole self sometimes. That's right, yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, when I was talking to Sharon about this, it came back to, to relationships and uh, the, the conversation moved on into relationships. And we talked a little bit about what, what a blessing it is to have the family model to receive honest feedback because no one's more honest with you than your kids. 
or possibly someone who's really angry with God, that can happen too. But no, no one's more honest with you than your kids. And I asked her if she'd found that useful in talking to people in the workplace. Have you found that that, that feedback relationship that you're getting at home, has that helped you? Or even just getting to know two completely new people and understanding how they work and how to talk to them and what you can and can't say and and dealing with those kinds of that kind of relationship has that helped you in the workplace to understand people that you're not related to yeah particularly when they were teenagers i can remember conversations about and and this is why it's helpful is it i had to process it in my own mind is my faith religious or is it a relationship and and the point i wanted to t- explain to them was it's it is a relationship with God. It's not ticking the boxes. It's not certain things I do or don't do. But but then even that needed more thought as, as well. Do I have the same routine of going to church every Sunday or and whatever else I'm doing involved with because of faith or because of just habit or religion? Mm. So, yeah, I think it caused some introspection and, and then made me think how I should be expressing that to them in a, in a way that they could understand. Yeah. Have you had, I mean, Sharon, Sharon told a story about how she was talking to her son, actually. She'd had a conversation talking to her son about uh, something in his life that, that she didn't agree with for various legitimate and, you know, what she, what she thought would be, you know, Christian reasons and giving him a lecture about how wrong he was. And even as she was giving the lecture, she was feeling that she was, she was in the wrong. She knew it in her heart, but she couldn't seem to stop herself. And that, you know, a few weeks later, she, she was able to apologise and their relationship was restored. But have you had an experience, you know, in the workplace where you've had to, you've had to admit that you were wrong about something because that's difficult isn't it we don't want to talk about God because we don't want to get it wrong in case we put someone off God forever or something like that but we are going to get it wrong aren't we I I think I worry about that but probably needlessly because I know it's not really my words that have the impact the ultimate impact It's, it's really what the Holy Spirit is doing in that person's heart and mind but yeah I guess I don't feel like I'm a good speaker or theologian or apologist so yeah I I suppose I feel a little inadequate but I I think over the years as I've prayed with with friends at prayer group and and discussed it I've learnt more so I feel do feel more capable but I yeah as I said that's not what's important anyway. I mm. think it's our attitude and that we've committed the situation to God. Yeah. Do you think we lose anything when we talk to other people if we go go back to them later and say, actually, I was wrong about that. Oh, no. Here's why I was wrong and I'm, I'm sorry that I've led you down the garden path. No, I think that shows authenticity. If I've said something wrong um, or given someone the wrong idea, I think it shows a strength and that something they'd respect to go Mm. back and apologise. Yeah. And the same with your children, because that's sometimes hard, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Probably even harder, because you want to 
maintain that respect and control. But, but yeah, again, ultimately, I think it can only improve the relationship, to be honest, and, and apologise when I need to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing I've been thinking about that, that translates with with you know being at home with with your children ministering to your children as it were and and being out in the workplace is not not discriminating when your children are rebellious because it can I think it's actually more damaging if you can't get your head around repairing the relationship I mean how do you move forward in a relationship if if something has happened someone's got to come forward at some point and and most of the time in life, there's probably fault on both sides. I know for a fact that when I've really lost it with my kids, that I, I've behaved badly too. You know, mummy in anger is not a godly sight, you know, <laughs> and, and probably I need to, to address something as well. But, you know, it's, it's my job to repair the relationship and, and come and do that, even though your kids will, will minister to you with forgiveness often incredible forgiveness sometimes but how has being a father then enabled you to see people who don't believe as just as valuable as people who do has it changed the way you see people in the workplace you know seeing them more the way god who is a father to all would see them Hmm. i guess the foundation to that for me is that we're all made in the image of God so mm. we're all on equal footing and so talking to my children about what I believe and talking to the uh, talking to those that at work like at, at a work function or whatever I see value in them as God's children even mm. though they won't uh, know him right then and there yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had an experience at work where I had a colleague that I found challenging at first, and then I, w- I went home and 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 played with my my daughter, and then suddenly it dawned on me that he was somebody's son. And um, the next time I saw him, I just turned into mum, which is you know weird because we weren't that far apart in age, but but I saw him as somebody's child. And yep. uh, it completely changed the way I treated him. It was much more like, much more Christ-like way of treating him, with, you know, acceptance and and forgiveness, and you know, a, a more loving approach to the way I dealt with him. To the point where I actually got quite fond of him in the end. You know, this person that I would never be friends with normally, but by the end of working with him, I'd I'd trained myself in a way to see him the way God saw him mm. and started to see more winning parts of his personality and that there was more to him than just the annoying bits. That's yeah. the other thing too. And we, we get that from our children, don't we? Because sometimes you've got a kid and, and they do things that, I don't know if you have this experience. I mean, do you, one, of your, one or both of your children do something that you just think, who are you? Like, where did that come from? It's so <laughs> not me. I don't understand you. You know, have you had that experience? We just, I don't understand what you're doing right now. Well, yesterday, our young fellow we've got staying with us had a complete meltdown when I picked him up from daycare. Right. Um, and it was all because he wanted to put his socks on. And it, it's just screamed <laughs> the most he's ever screamed. 
and I, I sort of felt like I was ready, almost ready to explode, but it didn't quite get to that point because I think, well, it, this does seem unusual for him and I don't know everything he's been through. Mm. And you know, I suppose a good work parallel to that is an older a guy that was slightly older than me at work that was just, you know, one of those people that wasn't the best socially but he had so many stories um, about everything he'd been through. It, it was a, quite an interesting fellow. So I think, I, yeah, we just need to look past that initial barrier in mm. personality and, and find out more about the person. Yeah, yeah, giving people time to reveal themselves. Mm comes down to a kind of patience doesn't it really yeah yeah and so do you think that this conforming not conforming to the world but but renewing our mind is actually a work in progress that requires that we try and forge relationships not just with our family but with other people because unless we're constantly re-seeing people the way God would want us to see, we need to be practising that too, don't we? Hmm. Well, I, I guess if we aren't growing, it, it sounds a bit boring and it seems to be that that's, that's the way I, sometimes I think I wonder what I'm going to be like when I grow up because it, it just still, yeah, feels, that's right. <laughs> still feels like there's a lot more journey to go. Yeah. And, yeah, so I agree. I need to be stretching myself in and engaging in other relationships in seeking God and learning more. Mm, yeah, and the family the family is a model for that, isn't it? It's a really mm. important model. It's not the only way. I, I won't say that because God has many paths for people, but it's a, it's a really important model for that. Yeah, and I guess sometimes Christmas gets a bad rap for when all the family disputes come out, but sometimes it's a reminder that even though... We've got all these great relationships with our family that sometimes they get stretched and, and we need to keep working on them. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Always being open to, well, at least say sorry. <laughs> yeah. Chances are, yeah, chances are you've had something to do with it somewhere along the line. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much, Tony. It's been really great to talk to you and thank you for everything that you shared. Thanks, Tanya. It's been great. Pleasure. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening today. You can find out more about the show, our guests and subscribe and download through all our channels by visiting thegospelaccordingtomum.com. We return to Season 3 with my next guest, Carol Slusky. Carol is author of the book 30, A Mother's Spiritual Journey After Losing Her Child. In 1992, the unthinkable occurred when Carol lost her 24-year-old daughter unexpectedly to a pulmonary embolism. Carol shares her remarkable journey of faith and recovery with me as we discuss God's provision and his call to prayer. In the meantime, be encouraged, friend, and remember the God who taught you to love will not leave you as you walk with him more and more at your own pace. I'm Tanya Reason, and you've been listening to The Gospel According to Mum. Till next time.